Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. My boss is terrible, period. I gotta punctuate it. I said I loved your shirt, but behind your back I said I hate it. The lightning strike me down if I lied, me no one be around with my tongues untied. Every pie says it's okay. All the little things I say with my big fat mouth. I bet some of y'all can sing that song by now. I mean, it's just, it's just like one of those songs that gets stuck in your head. And so, hey, man, thanks for taking some time out and, and with your busy schedules, and especially in the middle of the summer, and joining us this morning in the loft. If I don't know you, my name is Jason. I'd love to be able to connect with you after service. And so uh, if you're joining us online, man, just a, it's a privilege to connect with you through the week. Uh, and you catch up and start to change what you care about uh, just by listening to a podcast or iTunes. So we thank you so much for doing that as well. But today, just to bring everybody up to speed real quick, we're in the middle of a summer series called My Big Fat... Oh, come on. That was pretty weak. My Big Fat... That's right. And so what we believe is, is if, if, if even you're not a Christian... Uh, this series is so good and so practical that and anyone can put uh, these talks into practice and, and, and application and change and change their current circumstance. And so it's, it's literally for everybody. Uh, but for Christ followers, it's, it's one of those things you want to do and want to change what you care about. And so if you've been here since the start of the series, each week you know this big idea that we have wanted to put into practice to change, to help change the culture that we're in. And the idea came from the brother of Jesus, and uh, who was called? Oh, come on now, Bible scholars. That was pretty weak. His name was? That's right. Very good. So now then, one of those things where James essentially gave us this big idea in chapter one in the book of James, right? He named his own book. So James, very creative, I know. So James chapter one, verse 19, and it says, my dear brothers and sisters. Now he comes off, you know, I, I love how he comes off. It's almost like a Southern Baptist preacher. My dear brothers and sisters, right? That was, that was weak. Anyways, take note of this. Take note of this, right? Take notes. So if you're taking notes, take notes. It says, everyone should be what? Quick to listen and slow to speak. Quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, we got somebody in the Baptist in the back row saying amen. That's good. So, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, he just throws that in there for a little tease for us. But, so to narrow that down and to allow us to have something to go off of, what we've said is where we all can remember this so much better, so much easier for all of us. It's just really easy. It's six words. And we just want to narrow it down to this right here phrase. And it is quick to listen. And what? So let's say this together real loud and proud. Come on, it's been a couple of weeks since we did this. So loud and proud. Here we go. Quick Very good. All right. Who's been putting that into practice? Oh, we got one. We got two. All right. Three, four. Congratulations. How's it going for you? Everybody else seems like they're sucking at it. So congratulations. You're just throwing that stuff out constantly, right? And it's just like a water splinger. And it comes out. It just naturally does. I don't know why we do it. But a couple of weeks ago, you know, Jeff, Jeff was talking about complaining, Right? Complaining and the truth is, is, is all we do sometimes in this complaining moment of just speaking it and it just vomits out. It just, 
I don't know why it does it, but sometimes we do it well, but we looked into the Apostle Paul's words and we took this idea away. If you can change your circumstance, do something about it. If you can change your circumstance, do something about it. And then we said in that same moment, if, if you can't change your circumstances, change your perspective. You need to change your perspective. And the Apostle Paul, man, just leans into us. And we, if we lean into his words, I'm telling you, it could change your culture if you listen to the Apostle Paul's words, especially when it deals with complaining. Now, last week, we talked about criticizing, you know, the critical person. I know nobody in here does that, right? But you know that thing you do when you get done complaining is criticizing. It just is what happens, right? We start to critique everything. And with this is how I would have done it, right? Or this is their fault, and it's, this is why, and here's why. And what we've learned was we have two choices. And those two choices are simple. We can either be fault finders or hope dealers. And when we approach the situation with hope, it always overflows into everyone because what we know is hope changes everything. And when you start to have hope, you start to have a changed life experience. And what we say around here is this, changed lives, what? Changed lives. And so when that all takes place, man, it changes the culture. And so last week we, we talked about that. We leaned into that. And I know a lot of people were challenged by that. And, and, and now we just want to take a step into next week. And next week we're going to talk into this little small word that literally can kill people. Kill people. It can destroy friendships. It can tear groups apart. And it can steal joy away from anyone. And that word that, 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 that can come from our big fat mouth is gossip. Gossip. Next week, we're going to gossip. I guarantee it, no one's going to show up now because I've already revealed where we're going, right? But I hope you will make it a point to be here and look inwardly towards our words that we say because some are intentional. Here, catch this one. Some are intentional and some are unintentional and they hurt people just as well. And so next week, we're going to talk about gossip. But today, but today, what I want to do with our time we get to talk here is, 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 is something we all have done. We all have done it. Sometimes some of us do it better than others if we're just honest, but it's a word called lying. And, and a lie can take us farther than we want to go. And, and in the end, there is no destination worthy of traveling with it when you build your foundation on lies. Now, the truth is I've been married now for 17 years. I can say that. Yesterday was our 17th year anniversary. And we have four kids, and I still find myself getting into trouble with this some days. And so don't judge me. Just let me clarify. You know, you're, just, you're like, what kind of pastor are you? Well, well, let's just see what type of person you are. And so uh, we are trying to get out the door, right? Anybody been there yet? We're trying to get out the door. And my wife asked me a simple question. And, uh, and, and did, I, did I hear her right? Did I hear her correctly? Did I finish that or did I do that? And I say the magical words of... Yes, yeah, because I just want to get out the door, right, you know? And then, she's like, and then we're like in the car, and we're getting that frustrating moment, and she, you're lying to me. I'm like, I didn't hear you. That's a lie. And so I'm just like, oh. And so now, now we get to that moment, you know, what if, what if it gets, speeds up a little bit faster, and now you're just, you're, you're just running around with your head cut off, right? And then you're like, well, uh, she goes, what about this? What about these shoes? Do these shoes match? And I'm, not, I'm like, yes, just pick those. And you're like, you didn't even look. Yes, I did. But the truth is, I really didn't. I just want to get out the door. And then the last piece is like the, the famous question, like in our relationship is, does this dress look make me look? Yes, yeah, see, I didn't say it, though. You did. So I, I am not in trouble. You are. But that, that question alone, if you're with, you got some wisdom or you lost your hair, you know you're not supposed to answer that question. And so I choose not to answer that question. 
But that question can get me in trouble. And so then I find myself on the phone and calling the people ahead because I got four kids and two dogs. And I can say, you know, let's guess what? Something strategically happened wrong at my house and therefore we're going to be late at least 30 minutes. Guess what? That's a lie. And so if I remember 30 minutes late, that's probably what happened. But just saying, I'm just being truthful. So don't judge me. Just being truthful here. But the truth is we've all done it. And I'm ashamed to admit it, but we've all lied in our lifetime. Anyone else been there? Just anybody? Okay, y'all are a bunch of liars. All right, anyways. So now, now everybody gets to participate, okay? So how many of you would say you've told a lie in the last 24 hours? Raise your hand. Go ahead. Come on, raise them up. You got one. All right, keep your hands. Keep your hands. All right, keep, keep them right there. Don't move. Now, now, leave them up for a second. Come on. Just now, now everybody look around so we can point out the sinners in the bunch. And so, but now, those who got your hands up, what I really want you to do is look around to everybody else and say, more than actually, you're lying, because the truth is, you're a liar. And so, we're going to look at this word. We're going to have a little fun with it, but at the same time, we're going to bring the truth out of it. Here's, here's some crazy facts. Here's some crazy facts about lying. The odds are, if you didn't say you told a lie, you're actually probably lying. Even though you didn't think you lied, you probably told a half lie, and a half lie is a, a full well, yeah, that's right. So, you know, a uh, half lie is a full lie. So it's one of those things because studies show the average person actually lies about four times a day. A meaningful lie. I don't even know what a meaningful lie is, but a meaningful lie. All right? Men, come on, lean into me just for a second. Men, you actually tell six lies per day to your partner, to your boss, or your colleagues. And so women, don't you be elbowing on them. But the truth is, you actually lie twice as much than your wife does or your, your female partner. And so the females actually only tell three lies per day to your partner's boss or colleagues. So what that actually tells, if you want the truth and you want to be able to have a, a movement, you start off with women, just being honest. Now then, because uh, they'll tell you their mind anyway. So anyways, 12%, did I say that? Anyways, 12% of adults admit to telling lies often. Check that out, 12%. 12% of adults Admit to telling lies often. Now check this out. 31% of people admit to lying on their resumes. Now how does that go down eventually? Yeah, I'm filling out a little report on my resume saying I can fly an airplane or something like that. And you get in the cockpit and what's this button do? You know, it's one of those moments of clarity, right? 31% of people lie on their resumes. Um, 30%, 30% of patients lie about their diet or exercise regimens to their physician. Yeah, I work out three times a week. You know, I do this. And your blood pressure says, yeah, not so much. And I found myself lying, I'll be honest, uh, and it's actually when I go visit the people who work on my teeth, the dentist, they're like, hey, how, did you fl- do you floss often? I'm like, yeah, I floss like three or four times a week. Yeah, I'm really good at flossing. And then all of a sudden, she grabs that floss and yanks it in my mouth, and guess what starts spurting out? Yeah, not a very good moment. She knows. <laughs> She know, well, maybe I did the floss, you know, this way, you know, it's one of those moments. I, I didn't really floss, it was more the dance. And so, um, but it, it just hurts. The truth hurts, doesn't it? The truth hurts. But here's the, the last piece of information, at least for facts, that I, I just, I just want to give you this morning. There's one study out there done by the University of Massachusetts that says that 60%, that 60% cannot meet a new person and have a 10-minute conversation without telling at least one lie. Which is exactly why, if you're new to us this morning, this sermon's only going to be nine minutes and 59 seconds, because I know I'm going to be guilty. Let's see. 
<laughs> see, we got an amen on the front row. You see, I just told a lie because I can't go no more than 30 minutes all the time. So, I mean, it always, I, I just told one. So, forgive me, Father. Anyways, um, now, oh, I know we can make fun of lying a little bit and have some fun with it because I just want to break the ice, right? But how do you think God feels about lying? How do you think God feels about lying? So if you got your Bible, let's, let's crack them. Uh, Proverbs 12, verse 22. Proverbs 12, verse 22. If you've got a digital one, turn it on. If you don't, Bible's in the back, but it's going to be on the screen behind me. Um, version or Olive Tree Bible, some of the greatest apps in the world, I would encourage you to get one. Um, but Proverbs 12, verse 22, it tells us this. It says, the Lord detests lying lips. The Lord detests lying lips, but, right, but he delights in those who tell the what? The truth. You see, he, he delights in those who tell the truth. In fact, this Hebrew word that is translated as detest comes from the Hebrew word uh, to abah, to abah. And, and it means something disgusted, hatred, abomination. It, it means something that makes one nauseated from inside. Almost like if you remember, if you had ever, you know, husbands, if you ever had a pregnant wife, anything sets the mouth off and just, you know, next thing you know, it's coming up and you got to pull off the other. It's, it's like that moment. It's not fun. It's, it's just, it's, it's that vomiting feeling. You see, when we lie, it actually makes God nauseated and he's ready to vomit. How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? Because this is about you today. When we tell a lie, it actually makes God want to get nauseated and vomit. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul brings to light into, into this subject because he knows a thing or two about lying and he knows this subject well. And he said this in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, 21. He says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, verse 23, in verse 23, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Here it is, verse 25. So stop telling what? Lies. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. You see, in the Gospel of John, John 8, verse 32, Jesus records this as he's talking to some people about what the truth will do. When you really invest into the truth, he says it this way. And maybe some of you know this verse. And some of you even know it, and you didn't even know it's in the Bible, but you've heard it on movies a lot, right? And it says this in verse 32 about Jesus. He says, then you will know the truth. And the truth will what? You're like, whoa, that was in the Bible? Yeah, Jesus said it. The truth will set you free. You see, he knew that people would struggle with honesty and truth. Because it's so easy to tell a lie, and a lie that sets up a life in bondage or it holds us hostage from developing true, firm foundations that's based on love. It, we sort of tilt it over, and it's almost like the leaning tower of Pisa. You know, it starts to go sideways really quickly, and then forevermore, you've got a sideways monument. 
is even a half-truth is still a what? A full lie. And when we fall into this lifestyle, we become more and more, and I hate to say this, but the truth is, we've become more and more like the master deceiver. At least our language does. At least our language that comes out of our mouth. And as a matter of fact, you may not ever be more like the devil when you're telling a lie. I'm like, whoa, come on now. Hey, I'm, I'm just quoting what scripture says. Jesus apparently might agree with that statement. And this is what he said in John chapter eight, verse 44, right after he, he records that in 32 about where the truth sets you free. In 44, he says this, the devil was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When the devil lies, check that out. When the devil lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and he is the father of all lies. You see, perhaps this is one of the reasons why God hates lying so much. Because his spiritual enemy, his spiritual enemy and our enemy and our enemy, who wants to kill, steal, and what? Destroy you. The prince of darkness, the great deceiver, his number one weapon is to what? Lie. To deceive. To take us away from the what? Truth. And we know what the Bible says about truth. Jesus is truth. And the truth sets us free. You see, the devil is a liar. And he uses the lies to take us out of his freedom that God created. In truth, you see, if we just flip the pages back, for some of you, it's called the Old Testament in your Bible. There's some stories of, of lies that I think we can lean into today. There was one lie that nearly cost a family everything in the book of Genesis about a man named Joseph. And Joseph was the son of Jacob and Rachel, and he lived in the land of called Canaan. And with 10 half-brothers, one full brother, and one, at least one half-sister. Now, Joseph was the favorite of the bunch. But he also could interpret dreams really, really well. And he knew things before others. And that's why his brothers didn't like him. But that's why his dad liked him, because he was able to see the future. You see, his brothers did not take it very well all the time as his dad leaned into Joseph. So they came up with this great idea. They were just going to kill the brother. <laughs> They're going to off him, right? And so they, they took him out, to, out in the woods and, and basically out to the, the, to the desert area. And, and, they, and they put him in a cave, essentially. And they decided how to kill him and, and how to off him. And, but eventually they said, wait a minute, why off him when we can sell him and make a profit? And we'll just take his coat back to the dad. And so that's what they decided to do. They sold him into slavery, made some money on him. And then they took his coat, killed a goat, put blood all over it, and took it back to his dad. And this is essentially what took place. A big lie, a big cover-up. A lie that entrapped his family and brothers for years because of jealousy. Oh, no, no one has ever lied because of jealousy, right? You ever never told anything bad about another person, right? Or made something up, right? No one. I'm sure we have some honest people in here. But now here's years later. Joseph found himself in a position of authority because of his ability to, to interpret dreams and to be honest and be truthful. He eventually becomes the second in command of all Egypt. And during that time, Egypt ruled the world. So he is second in charge of the whole world. It's kind of crazy. And during a huge drought, guess who showed up? Like, it was a huge famine, no food anywhere. Guess who shows up? His brothers. His brothers looking for food. And Joseph had two options. 
to show them the same mercy they showed him or reverse the curse. Reverse the curse of the law by showing God's grace and more importantly, God's love. And I will let you read the story on how that ends up, but let's just say there's a huge family gathering at the end of God's moment in time that he separated lies from truth and freedom happened for everybody in that family. Another law that actually cost people lives in the story is found in 2 Samuel, where David sins and looks upon Bathsheba as she was bathing. And that lie of, of lust tore open a lie that eventually caused people to lose their lives. And I know David is an amazing man after God's heart, but I'm telling you right now, there were some things that took place in his life that were full of lies. And so Bathsheba had a husband who was Uriah, who was an amazing warrior and, and a leader. He dies because of King David. And then there's babies that die, and there's men that die in battle because it was all covered up. It was all covered up. Eventually, Nathan, a servant to David and a great friend, pours truth into David. And then David finally opened up and repented from his lies and his actions. And then and only then, David begins to experience the freedom that comes from experiencing how the truth will what? Set you free. And becomes a man after God's own heart. You see, it's, it's an amazing story and I encourage you to read it. But the question is, is why do we show examples of lying in the Bible? Because it's not just to prove a point or don't do that. It's because we want to show you that whatever the lie may be, you're not alone. You're not alone. And when you finally come clean of that lie, it produces fruit. It produces real good fruit that sets you free. However, what we know is the devil, the devil is real. If you believe in God, you have to believe in the devil. And the devil will pull you farther away from the truth. But God wants you to, to experience freedom in him through the truth. So the question is, is what is the plan from the father of all laws to pull you away from the truth? So if you're taking notes, I would say things like this. I'd say step one is this. I, I think Satan wants to get you to lie. He wants to get you to lie somehow, some way, begin to speak a native language. That's his. He will get you to exaggerate a story. I know no one's ever exaggerated a story, especially fishermen, right? The fish was this long. I know that no golfer out here has ever just exaggerated. I drove that ball 300 yards. I worked out this much. I did that race in 10 minutes. You know, I lifted X amount of weight. I, you know, I broke up with her first, right? I know no one's ever cheated on a test to get ahead. I know that's not possible in this room. Lie about where you are in life or where you are on the road right now, teens. I'm on my way home. You're not. Or maybe on the road in life, you make it look like everything's fine. You see, he will get you to, to make up something about someone just to have something to talk about or to elevate your status over them just because it's our nature. Even this idea of partial truths by leaving out the details is a lie. 
And I know we know no one does that, right? You see, he wants you to follow in his master plan. And, and, and to get you to tell that lie is, is where it starts. It starts. It's almost like an avalanche. If it can start there, it starts to multiply and it starts to pick up speed. And number two is this. It's to get you to lie to yourself. It's to get you to lie to yourself. See, you start to rationalize everything. And then when you start to rationalize everything, then you have to double down on the lie to build on it because you've made it up. And once you start to make it up, it starts to build and build and build. And you got to cover up lies after lies after lies. And I know no one knows anybody like that. Everything that comes out of their mouth, you're like, you can't trust them, right? Just, that's a horrible thing. I, I, know, I know there's people like that you just can't trust and it's horrible. I was even in, in a car this week, man, and, and I was helping, we were helping out somebody and, and like everything that came out of the person's mouth, it was just like one lie after another lie because the only thing I was doing was asking questions and he couldn't even keep the lie straight. And I even corrected his lie one time for him just to help him out. You know, it was just one of those moments that I was just trying to help a brother out, you know? It was just really weird. But it's, it's weird. We try, to, we try to lie to ourselves and we try to convince ourselves. And then we begin to believe what? Our own lies. Like we're okay where we're at. We're okay in this position. Essentially, you begin to fool yourself. You convince you are the victim. You, you're convinced that I'm the victim. No one else cares about me. When you are so wrong, you're just around the wrong people. You're in the dark. And see, eventually, you're not hurting anyone, right? You're not hurting one. You can quit at any time. The truth is you're hurting everybody, and you're hurting yourself. And see, eventually, you, you convince yourself you deserve it. You deserve that elevated position of the lie because you, you need more, right? I remember as a kid, I wanted more. It was in a restaurant, and some of you have heard this story before, but I remember one time we went to a restaurant, and, and you know those old little, well, some, some places still have them, but you put a little penny in or a dime in, it, it's just at the counter, and, and you're, able, you're allowed to take whatever, whatever's in there. And, and for me, I remember it was a peppermint, and, and, and I looked at my dad, I looked at my mom, and, and they said no. And so, being the little sneaky person that I was as a six-year-old, I grabbed the peppermint and put it in my mouth and ran out the store. So when I got outside, my mom says, where'd you get that peppermint? And, and, and I was like, I had it in my pocket. Now, come on, six-year-old, how'd you get a peppermint in your pocket? Of course, mom put two and two together. She went and told dad, that was like, whew, that was a moment that I never will forget. Um, the first thing he made me do was to spit the peppermint out. The second thing he made me do was to line up against the wall, got a spanking. The third thing he made me do was to walk in there and to tell that person, that I stole from them. And he made me explain to them why I did it. Now, as a six-year-old, you'd be like, whoa, that's kind of harsh. But no, that taught me a lesson, never to steal peppermints, right? Because <laughs> they're free somewhere. <laughs> but the truth was, it was so much more than that. A lot of y'all have been going down a road of, I deserve it. And you'll lie to get it. And my father saw that pattern in me and he he did his best to correct it through discipleship and discipline. And I've never looked at a, one of those little things ever again. But the truth be told, a lot of us do it. And we think we deserve it. You see, David did the same thing. He, he felt like he was elevated in a position to deserve that. And he, he started covering up and covering up and covering it up. And eventually it cost people lives. He built upon the lie. 
You see, the devil wants you to get to you to lie to yourself. Number three, the devil wants you to get you to live a lie. And I think this is one of the most dangerous ones. You see, obviously, this isn't all about you, right? But definitely some of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You begin to hide it. It's not about all of you, but the truth be told, inside of you, there's some things inside you start to live a lie. You see, for example, here's a great one. A Christian guy, he's at the office, and there's something that clicks on his screen, and everyone knows who you are. You're a Christian, and you represent that. You come in there singing K-Love. You come in there singing everything about what happened on Sunday, but then you click on that little private chat, and you're a raging porn addict. Or maybe you have a habit that you hide really, really well, and you're hooked on some other things. I don't know what it is, but you're hooked, line and sinker. You fool everybody. You see, it's, it's not all about you, but you definitely hide some things inside you. Maybe it's this amazing life on Instagram for a family. I know some people just cannot get past the clicks and the likes and everything else. You've got to have more than everybody else. But inside, you fight depression and you're discouraged. You're lonely. You see, what I have figured out about social media is this. We tend, people, to show the best and we hide the rest especially on social media. That's why everybody always only tilts up to cover that up. You know what I'm saying? We, we hide it, but we fight it internally. What about a mom who has it all together, who's wore out, depressed, and isolated at home, just drowning, can't find the shore, but she acts like she's got it all together all the time, and she lies to herself. What about this one? This one bothers me because I know sometimes, I know some marriages in here that are in trouble. The perfect marriage on the outside, you make it look like it's nice and neat. You cover it up. But deep down inside, even at home, you don't even sleep in the same bed. You sleep in separate beds because it, it, there, there's nothing that works. And the only time you really want to connect is you know, when you want to connect right? It's weird to me that we hide and we begin to live a lie and you start to feel comfortable right there. He holds you into this trapment moment and he holds you hostage. You see, when the devil begins to get us to live out this life of a lie, what I believe he is doing, he begins to get us into a position or a posture that is far from the truth, and we begin to go back to that position and posture day after day because this becomes our new truth. It becomes our new truth. It becomes our new reality. It becomes the thing that we go to every single time, and we don't go to the truth that can set us free anymore. We go to the truth that we made up, which is a lie. And it's one of the worst lies, it's one of the worst lies many of us tell. And this is it. It's who we are in Christ. You see, what I'm afraid of is this, and if you've got your listening ears up, turn them up. What I'm afraid is, is there's many of us who are deceived by his master plan. And I think this, that a lot of people say they're Christians, but sadly, they're not. And see, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 4, it says this, John, who walked with Jesus, said this, whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in 
that person. You see, if I'm really honest, this was me growing up. Now, I accepted Christ as a seven-year-old, and I thought I was good to go, but as a 15-year-old in high school, I was doing some things that really wasn't godly. Now, I wore the T-shirt, wore the WWJD bracelet. I did everything, right? But the truth is, I really didn't know the truth. It just did not set me free, for sure, until I was a college student. I surrendered everything over to him, and I felt his freedom, and I felt direction for my life for the very first time. I broke on an airport. In a, on an airport tarmac, I broke, and I clearly surrendered everything over to Jesus. That's the day almost literally that everything changed for me. That's when I got to meet my bride. That's when I got to start to live out a life that, hey, it's not been easy, right? It's not been easy, but it set us free. She was going through the exact same thing, and it has allowed us to experience something only he can get the credit for. And that's not a life of a lie. That's a life of fruit. I got four M&Ms to prove it. I got, I got some things in our life, and you can clearly look into us and see that there's some fruit there. It's worth reproducing simply because we've seeked out Jesus and everything. And I just want to share my story, but I'm trying to just be an open and transparent and just remove everything so you can understand where I've been, and maybe that's where have, you are now. You see, when you begin to look at others that call themselves Christians, but when you look inwardly, there is no evidence of fruit, no fruit whatsoever. You see, I'm not looking to judge, but what I am saying, I'm not the judge. I'm looking at inwardly fruit. And Jesus says we can look at the fruit in Matthew 7, and I believe one of the biggest lies or plans the devil has for many of us is to fool us in believing we know who Jesus is by just going to church by doing good things, by being good, listening to Air One on the way to work, posting on Instagram that I'm the Bible app reader. But you didn't even know him. And this is what, this what scares honestly me to death for a lot of people. A lot of friends that I grew up with is this one. On Judgment Day, you'll hear these famous words found in Matthew 7 where he says this, and I hope you do not hear these words. Depart from me, I never knew you. Depart from me, I never knew you. If that happens, the master plan of the devil worked to perfection. So I think the better question is for us to finish this out with is why do we lie? Why do we lie to ourselves? Why do we lie to others? And I think the main reason is for many of us It comes from this root. And this root is huge. If you haven't listened yet, I pray you just listen for a second. Look at the screen. The root reason most of us lie is because we don't completely trust God. We just don't. We feel like our lie works better than the truth and it's easier, it fits for us, and we believe these lies, and there's the plan of the master devil. You see, lies will bring me security, right? Over fear of the unknown. Lies will get me more in life when God's just really saying, have less of what matters. Have more of me, less of you. A lot of us want more of me. A lie will help you like me. A lie will help me elevate me. Who needs a relationship based on lies? A lie will get me farther in life. 
until they find out the lie. You see, a lie will you fill in the blank. What has it done for you? What has that lie done for you? And as careful and as as skillful this master plan is, there is a master locksmith who can crack that lock for you. And it's God's plan through Jesus Christ. You see, God's plan is he knows Satan is the father of all lies and wants to hold us in bondage and as a hostage. But But Jesus is the truth, and the truth will set you what? Free. And we just have to turn to Jesus and who takes away our sins and allows us to experience freedom and we get to see fruit, fruit that's reproducing. And what we know is this, lies bring bondage, truth brings freedom. Why don't you say that with me? Lies brings bondage, truth brings It's that simple. And here's how we accomplish this plan. Here's how we do it. We confess to God for forgiveness and to people for healing. The first thing we gotta do is confess to God for forgiveness. And number two, we we confess to people for healing. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, it's not for him, it's for you. A lot of us think, oh, it's just, for, it's, just, it's just, no, 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 it's for you. It's for you to start to build a new life on freedom and truth so you can experience what God intended for it to look like in the first place. You see, back in Genesis, when that moment of untruth came and they were hiding in the garden, that's when it all set up and it went astray. And ever since that moment, we've been doing the same thing. We've been lying to ourselves thinking we can hide from God. You see, and then we start to hide from others. But the brother James is a wise person. James 5, 16, it says this. It says, therefore confess your what? Sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be what? Not forgiven. I love that part. It's good. Forgiven's good. And if you're forgiven, you should forgive others. It's plain and simple. Forgiving people what? Forgive. But this doesn't say that. James says something so amazing. He knows when you go this way horizontally with it, when you go confessing it to someone else, it says you may be healed. You see, there's power in confession when you talk to one another and you live life out with them. You hold each other accountable. You are healed from that and you move forward in life on truth. You see, when we do this, we are healed, we are forgiven, and it becomes fruitful. So if someone looks into your life today, can they see real fruit that can multiply? Or do we see things that look like fruit, but, are, but it's really more of a lie that's keeping us from the truth? And so what I thought I'd do for us as we finish out this is simple is to bring in some fruit. Looks simple, probably tastes like fruit, looks like fruit. The question is, is it real fruit? You know, there's apples, there's bananas, some peaches. 
If I give them away to some people and crack them open, I guarantee it, they're going to taste good. Because this is what fruit's supposed to do. It's supposed to taste good and it's supposed to reproduce. It's supposed to give us nutrients. It's supposed to allow us to literally grow and mature. Give us the vitamins and resources that we need, right? But bad fruit or fake fruit doesn't. Same could be applied to your life. Some of you have been lying so much, it looks like fruit, maybe even smells like fruit because we got all kinds of sprays to cover it up. But the truth is, it's, it's rotten and it's bad and it can't reproduce. And the reason why, it's not birthed or rooted in the truth. The truth that can set you on a freedom course that allows you to grow and mature with wisdom and statue, just like the Bible says. Some of you are sitting there like, I, I know what you're saying, and I don't care, because you don't know what God's done to me. And you're right. I don't, but he does. I'm just asking you to think about it. I'm asking you to lean in in a way that allows you to experience a little bit of fruit today, to open up your life and to reveal maybe a lie that you've been telling everybody and exactly where Satan wants you to keep you. Some of Satan's lies is, if, some, if I go up and confess this, if I go up and share this, my wife will find out. You're right, she will. She'll be hurt. Isn't that where healing starts? There's a moment where a wife needs to confess some things, or a kid, or maybe you as a student, or maybe it's even this. The reason why you haven't seen fruit that's multiplied because you don't even know the Father. You've been lying to yourself for years. You've been going to church all your life and you don't even know Jesus. You know the name of Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. Let me tell you something. Even the devil and, and demons know Jesus. And it says in scripture, they shudder when they say his name. Where are you at when you say his name? If you said his name, do you know what to say next? Or do you just shut down? Do you just abandon the name? I think if you talk about Jesus and it just starts to flow off your tongue, you can't shut up about the freedom you have in Jesus. It just starts to multiply and people gravitate to it because people don't talk about Jesus that way anymore today. We just don't. We don't, we don't talk. We talk about the other things. We talk about the lies and we cover it up with other things and we, we just get so bogged down with the untruths. But when we start to lean into the truth, people start to look inwardly and they like, wow, that's different. What's going on? They ask questions. The thing is, they're scared. They're scared of God because that means they're going to have to change what they care about. And when you have to change what you care about, it starts to allow you to experience truth. It starts to allow you to experience freedom. It starts to allow you to experience something that's good, healthy, multipliable that changes everything and his name is Jesus and so today I invite you to tr the truth of Jesus there's no lie that you can carry the rest of your life that he can't break you from there's no lie that you can try to cover up anymore that he can't allow you to experience the truth and freedom in Christ I don't care what it is where you think it is 
I just want you to know this. The truth will set you free. And when it does, you'll have a Jesus story that's multipliable and has some fruit. Hey, we're going to sing a song in a minute. And I'll just pray that whatever you're at, the altar's open. Maybe you got to walk across the room and you got to confess something to a friend. And it might be a small half lie, right? But that's a big old lie, a native language of the devil. And I ask that you do that. Because, man, there's power when it comes to healing, when we start to go after and chase after Jesus. So I'm going to pray for us. We're going to sing a song, and we're just going to trust the Father and what he's trying to do with us this morning. So Jesus, hey, thank you so much for what you're doing right now, how you're moving us from here to there. And that's what you asked us to do. You, you asked us to move from here to there to experience you. I just pray for the lies that we have built up in our own lives or the lives that we have told, the lies that we have shared to others, that it, today's the day that we break free from those things that would hold us back and that hold us into, as, as, as hostages under the deceiver's plan, that we step into truth, we step into the light, and we confess those to you, Father, in a way that allows us to experience freedom in a way that literally changes the trajectory of many folks in this room. It changes the culture where we live, where we work, where we play. And ultimately, it changes eternity for some. Father, that's my prayer. And I thank you in his name. Amen.